Did you hear the announcement last Sunday? Isn't that a bit exciting? Yes, that exactly needed a drum roll at that time. <laughs> Can we drum roll with our feet? That's it. Lilia Haven is open. Yay! So, so exciting. So we've gone what's called operational. So that means we did open at the end of, of May because mostly from within this community, over 100,000 from within the church, we um, raised the amount that we needed in order to open. And so that's just been so exciting, so wonderful. Um, we are 20,000 beyond the lean benchmark we needed in order to be able to literally open. Um, there's still that next section that's on that bar chart um, I don't know if the bar chart's up there this week, where in order to move from lean staff, if we want to go to more of a full staff, like a receptionist, um, the admin support, um, two shift leaders on rather than just one, we would there's still that next bit to go. So we're just going to leave this month only until the end of financial year for just any more donations. $10 makes a difference, truly. Any more financial donations or anyone that you could know of in your life, that was profound. <laughs> Anyone you know of in your life that, um, that you know would love to give to this sort of thing, businesses with end of financial year will just take anything else and um, make decisions on the staff from there. And then into the new financial year, we're going to look for what's called partners. So that would be fortnightly or monthly, individual or family or life hub or business partners who will sign up for sort of a year's worth of $20 a fortnight or um, $2,000 a fortnight or whatever it is. Um, so just know that information will come out. I know some have been asking, how can we do more long-term little amounts or big amounts? And so that's coming in the new financial year. Very, very exciting. That kind of means in nine days' time, we're opening our doors to participants. Isn't that exciting? That's even the bigger drum roll. Nine days' time, we have, yes, truly... We've already got two locked-in participants coming in. Um, we hadn't even put our assessment sheet and our advertising on how to apply yet, but just through word of mouth and people sending messages through Messenger or emails, the interest has been there, the need has been there. So we are just starting to go through that intake process now. So keep us in your prayers for that. But this is our last week that if anyone has any volunteering time to spare, we will take your 20 minutes. We will take you all day. We will take you all week. Any tiny or big amount, even if you're like, I'm in the area for an hour, what can I do? There is a list. Beautiful. Ali's been overseeing um, property set up in the practical way. She's got a chart there of all tiny and big jobs and we'll take anything you've got. If you've only got one day, maybe push it to end of week. So the best day would be Friday because most of more things will have arrived by then to be putting in drawers and shelves and stuff by Friday. If you can't do Friday, do Thursday, if not Thursday. And just work backwards rather than everyone coming to tomorrow but if you've got multiple days just come this week we would love any and all and then just a reminder next Saturday we've got a busy bee so there's a busy bee here from nine till three with sausage sizzle lunch that we'll get organized this week and drinks and so on we will take any amount of that time you might only be able to drop in for an hour that will make a difference so don't worry if you're not free for the six hours but we will take children everyone if you want to send in manual labor and just give us your kids so long as they're over a particular age and can function well and paint walls in straight lines we will take them We've actually got some um, students coming from Colby Christian College, Catholic College, Christian Catholic College, 
Um, isn't that amazing? They want to do their community service with us. So we've got a whole bunch of hands arriving with them. So just know that, come prepared for that and to, you know, love on them as well as part of that. Or you might just want to be able to help with refreshments and not do labour. Can I come Saturday to help with the drinks for the students? Can I come on Saturday to help just do the sausages? We'll take all of that and more. So just know it's our big week. And then next Sunday morning, it's our dedication service for Lilia Haven. We're going to all head up there after the worship. We're going to do an, a final grand walkthrough tour. It'll be have changed a lot since we did our last tour and pray over it because two days later, um, our first participants arrive. So that's really exciting. It's kind of going to be like when you move house for a little while, so they know in coming in it's a pioneer time and we're kind of building around them. The first participant came in and had her interview while a tractor was going backwards and forwards and it kind of excited her that she gets to be part of pioneering, but just know we'll continue to be doing stuff around them whilst the holy part's happening in the centre. But just like when you move house, we're going to be like, church, we're probably going to need a meal train for a couple of weeks while we sort out that timetable. So they'll, they'll be able to make breakfast and lunch with the shift workers. We'll have, you know, food on property. There's, there's, there is a fridge. There are things to work with. But maybe if you're someone who's like, how can I help? We might get a meal train going for like a fortnight or three weeks just for evenings. And it really will be just feeding a normal sized family to, to, to start off with, just the shift workers and the few participants. So like feeding four or five. And you'd be welcome to stay and, and have dinner with the the girls, the, the girls, the women, the participants. It would be an honour if you if you have the time. You don't have to stay, but having dinner with as well would be amazing. And I'm even looking for someone who'll oversee a food train because I just can't get to that because I'm doing other wonderful things. So if you have a heart to just organise people who might come in and just bring a, a you know, some meat and, and salad, that would just be amazing too. So we're just going to be all hands in. It's not going to be all perfect and complete. We just need the family to move us forward in an awesome, beautiful family way. And isn't it exciting? So um, yeah, one big week left. Please just arrive and you'll be put to work. But come prepared in case it's painting. So do come in clothes that aren't um, favourites, just because there are still some walls and doors. And also like I came on Tuesday and I had you know, a denim jacket that I like, and I forgot, you know, don't lean against chairs that are being painted. So just know it's a work site, just be prepared for awesome mess and high relationship. And I'm going to lastly finish off with Jennifer Evaz is flying back to Australia, which is very exciting. Also to the East Coast, we're sharing her. This time it's morning and evening that are um, available to the public. And I tell you what, those tickets are going fast. I went on and logged in for mine and it tells you how many left. And I was like, okay, we just need to remind our church, kind of do it today. If you want to be here that day, they are snap going. Even if you sit during the service, the link is on the event. If you're on Facebook or it should be emailed out by now, I hope, or will be. But... The morning is free, but you still got to get a ticket for a free seat just so that we can keep spaces for you. Please register that you'll be here as a family member. And the evening's $20. Um, if you'd like to help with that, we will put out info for that soon too. So that's going to be an exciting full day. And I'm going to pass over to our senior pastor, Brad Jones. Shall we just give him a hand of honour? Bless you, buddy. morning. Here we are. I'm going to pray. 
thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence, your indwelling presence, your presence amongst us, Lord. We just delight in your word. We delight in the scriptures and the truth contained in them, Lord. We delight in the words that you speak to us, that you speak over us. Just that sweet poetry of promise that you declare over our lives, that you invite us into your family, uh, that we are here this morning and we belong to you and we belong with you. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak, that you will move, that you will have your way here today because every way is good. Every intent of your heart towards us is good so we can lean back into your loving arms this morning, Father, because you are good and you are faithful. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. All right. Every Tuesday we have our, our kind of staff senior team meeting and uh, we always kind of review how the Sunday was. Um, we, we maybe don't review the normal things that, uh, that others might, but we just, you know, just look at how do people engage, how were things, how was the worship time, how was the message, and it's always positive and encouraging and informative, and then we kind of talk about, you know, what's, what's the Lord saying, and, uh, and so sometimes it feels like a direction shift, but coming out of last week felt like just to continue again for another week this, uh, this theme that we're on of, uh, of the upgrade season that God has us in, uh, and therefore the threshold uh, that you need to cross into the upgrade. If you missed out, and maybe there, there might be things that I share this morning, you're like, I'm not fully grasping what you're talking about. Um, I, I, we could spend four hours here and I could review it all, uh, or you could just catch up online later. So if there's stuff you go, hmm, I'm not sure about that, not aware of that, I'll, I'll note that down. Uh, and another point, side point, uh, our expectation as a leadership is that you would be good stewards of the Word of God, either the Word of God that we're sharing, the Scriptures itself, your discipleship journey. Uh, we love learners, we love questioners. You're welcome to be a doubter and a wrestler. You're welcome to not agree with everything that's said from here. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they, uh, they talked about people, um, it's okay for people to not agree as long as they're not disagreeable. So we don't love disagreeable people, um, but, but you, there's no expectation, but we, we invite the wrestle. We invite you to take away and go, hey, I'm going to look that up myself and, and let that sit in. Hey, they didn't, I'm not too sure about that, to take it away. Or, hey, I'd love to ask a question. You're welcome to do all of that. Okay? What we don't want is, I mean, you are sheep of the great shepherd. Uh, you're not my sheep in a sense of just expected to follow blindly and, uh, and bleat along with whatever I say. Okay? Is that all right? Yeah, we want to build mature disciples of Jesus. So that's our expectation for you is that you're growing and maturing. You're being raised up into the fullness of Christ. That's the point of the fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4.11, that you would be built up into the maturity of Jesus. Yeah? Awesome. 
You don't have to throw stuff at me, though. If you're like, I don't know about that, like you're welcome to do it in a kind, loving way. Um, but I just, you know, things like thresholds, and you might be like, hey, I haven't heard this language before. That's totally cool. But if you go back over the last few weeks on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can uh, get more of a sense of that. So Jennifer Ives brought this word about upgrade. Uh, Marika carried it on, really about stewarding then this word. How do we steward our prophetic destiny? Uh, then we talked about, I shared with you about the threshold season through. So a threshold being the line between the threshing floor, where the grain is is separated out from the husk, but that threshold then is the crossing over into the new place. Uh, we talked. To, I talked last week about activating your upgrade. So you actually need to do something to move forward into that place. You can't just passively sit back and say, well, God promised it, so God will do it. No, God promised it so you could agree with it, you could partner with it, and you could then activate what God has for you. Yeah, I think too often we don't see the fulfillment of the prophetic words spoken over our lives because we kind of sit back waiting for God to do it. But he's, he's inviting partnership. That's why he's telling you. If, if, fair enough, like if God didn't tell you anything, then he'd just do it. But the fact that he tells you, I mean, it's, oh, that's an invitation to partner with him to see that come about. Amen? All right, so I just want to talk to you a little bit this morning about uh, where there can be opposition to an upgrade where there could be opposition to that crossing over. So we think, oh man, amazing promise from God. We get an amazing prophetic word. We're like, I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden, it's like you hit a wall. All of a sudden, like things grind to a halt. All of a sudden, you feel like there's all this opposition that seems to be in the opposite of what I expected this next season to be. Okay, so I want to let you know that Jesus, your Lord and Savior, your precious friend, your God, your King, He understands. Because that's exactly what he went through. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 4. So open your Bibles. Use your face ID if you need to, to click in. All right. So this is Jesus. He has spent 30 years being a nobody. Um, just working as a carpenter from this kind of nowhere town. And, uh, and all of a sudden, he comes across John the Baptist, baptizing people in the river. John the Baptist prophesies, hey, there's this guy coming who is um, who's far greater than me. I'm just preparing the way for the Messiah. And, uh, and then Jesus shows up. He gets revealed. Jesus gets baptized. Then the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon him like a dove. The voice of the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. This declaration of sonship, this declaration of the pleasure and the delight of God in his son, Jesus, who really from a ministry context has done nothing. He's just been faithful in the hidden season that he'd been in. And now there is the appointment and the launching into his public ministry. That's the moment that it happens. So Jesus, like, he, he comes in and you imagine everyone around us going, wow, yes, now's your time, Jesus. And first thing that the Holy Spirit does is just launch him out, give him a public, you know, platform and all of this fun start coming in. And he's on, he's on YouTube, he gets on, um, what's that, It's Supernatural show, um, you know, uh, who's that guy? What's his name? Sid Roth, yeah, you know, no, none of those things happen. You know, the first thing the Holy Spirit leads him to do is it leads him out into the the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The appointment of the Father and the next step is temptation. So it says, Matthew 4, verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God. So what's the voice that the father speaks from heaven at his baptism? This is my son. The devil comes and he says, if you are the son of God. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. Obviously, Jesus is super hungry, as you would be after 40 days and 40 nights. But Jesus answered him, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and shown him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So Jesus is in the wilderness and he's done. This is not like day one, the devil starts rocking up. It's at the end of the 40 days and the 40 nights. Now that word 40 is often uh, used as a, as a, a kind of metaphor and imagery, uh, a kind of number language to express a season of testing and trial. Okay? Jesus come to the end of that time, the end of that 40 days. And that is uh, often, you know, even biologically kind of the, the maximum length you can do without food as a human. He would have been absolutely depleted. But he has come to the end of that time, which means Jesus is standing at the threshold of the new season that he's about to step in. So we find Jesus in Matthew 4 at a threshold in his life. Jesus had come to the completion of the temptation season. And the devil came at the very moment to test and tempt Jesus to give away his destiny and to try to cause him to turn away from crossing over that threshold. Right at the point, here it is, Jesus finished the time of temptation. He's about to step out and the enemy comes. 11th hour, right at that point, the crossing over, the stepping in, and he comes at that point and he tries to get Jesus to turn away from what he was about to step into. And it's very interesting that the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. So the scriptures are a record of what God has said to humanity, what he said and what he's done. He spoke back to Jesus, literally, Jesus as God. He spoke back to Jesus the words that Jesus himself had spoken in the past. The devil tempts us with that which is familiar to us. So he'll take things that are very familiar to us and he'll speak them back to us. And it can sound like our voice. It can be in our language. It could be in the way that we would even say it. So it's very difficult. I mean, if you expect that every time the devil comes to oppose you and to tempt you, that it's going to sound like the devil, you'll be surprised. He, the Bible even says that he, masks, he masquerades as an angel of light. If he came to you and said, hi, hi, Brad, it's me, the devil. I've just come to tempt you with some lies that I really want you to believe because I hate you. I don't want to steal from you. I don't want to kill you. I want to destroy you. Uh, would you like to believe this lie? You'd be like, um, no, thank you. you know, hey, I made you this food. It's poisonous. It'll kill you. Would you like to eat some? You'd say, no, thank you. Okay. 
So he comes, he's pretty sneaky, he's pretty crafty. And oftentimes then the doubting and the temptation comes in a way that that sounds just like me. That's kind of something that I would say. It's even in my voice, in my head, in my imagination that I would think those things. Or it might come even from a familiar person. So that familiarity, it's important to understand. We've got to be able to discern what is a familiar voice that's speaking a lie versus the familiar voice of God, which is speaking truth. And there were three main areas that the devil came to tempt Jesus in. And I believe this is often the the three main areas that the devil would tempt us in when we come to that point of crossing over into a new season in God, into an upgrade season in God. The first of those areas is the area of provision. So it says, Matthew 4, 3, The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So again, Jesus, right at this point of incredible hunger, and he comes to him and says, look, I can provide for you that which would satisfy your natural needs. Your heart's desire right in this moment is just to have something that you could eat and consume that would get you through. And even at that point, like he's presented, I'm at the end of my season. I'm at the end of the temptation. Right now I can leave and go into the new season that God has for me. That The, the temptation, the 40 days, the 40 nights is done. Okay? But still, I will not come into agreement with what you have to offer me because I know there's a greater thing that God has promised. And oftentimes, that's what can happen in the area of provision that oftentimes we can be challenged, even in the threshing and the separating out. They're like, is God going to provide for me if I obey Him? If I let go of the old ways, if I allow myself to be separated from my self-sufficiency, to come into agreement with God's sufficiency, is He actually going to come through and provide for me? I, like literally in the last couple of days, and it's usually around the end of the month for me when the credit card, I know the next you know, credit card bill is gonna come through and you're looking at what you've spent and you're knowing, okay, hopefully if we stop now, give it a couple of days, then the, then the credit card bill will come in and it'll be like, okay, that's reasonable, we can do that, you know? And then, and then you check again and it's like, oh, it's a bit more and, and, and you get stuck in that place. But we've chosen to say, well, we're gonna sow into the things of God. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna tithe into the, into the kingdom and we're gonna give above and beyond. We're gonna live generously. We're gonna bless people with our finances. And yet I'm looking at the credit card statement and I'm thinking, how am I going to provide? which is the wrong way of thinking. And I'm literally then hearing, is God going to come through for me? I've chosen to put him first in my life. I've chosen to say, God, you are my provision and you will provide everything that I need. And literally I'm thinking to myself, but is God actually gonna come through? But it sounds like me, because it's a reasonable question to ask. And yet it's right at that point to say, no, I've, I've, I've already chosen, this is how we're gonna live. And yet that voice can still come. And the devil can tempt us and, and bring accusation in the area of provision as he did to Jesus. What was his response? I'm not gonna lean into and rely upon that because you know what? Finance, food, anything in the natural, that is not what sustains me. That's not what gives me life. But what God is declaring, what God is speaking, what God is promising, what God is calling me into, that is that which gives me life. 
That's what I'm hungry for. That's what I'm truly hungering for. There's the things in the natural, well, they're really, really nice, but you know what? I'll trade all of those things to have more of the fullness of God in my life, to be more perfectly in line with His destiny and His calling over my life. I know plenty of people who have found themselves in lack and yet they felt the, the closest to God that they ever have. When we look at the, even the Israelites in the wilderness and they're 40 years in the wilderness wandering around, okay, and they're, they're making mistakes, they're getting lost, they're in, they're literally displaced, they have no home, they're just wandering around from place to place. And yet God was most manifestly present more than any time in their entire history was most manifestly present in that time. Daily provision of manna. Daily visual representation of His presence being with them. Not knowing, well, I guess He's in the temple, we can't go in there, but he's, He is a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud showing up before them. Every day they would wake up and food would have fallen from the sky. And yet they're in a wilderness season and yet God's provision is absolutely abundant. The second area that the devil tempts Jesus in and he often tempts us in is the area of protection. It's three Ps, provision, protection. Verse five, it says, then the devil took him to the holy city and he sent him on the pinnacle of the temple and he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he'll command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you, sh you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So he's saying, if you are the son of God, leap off this building and the angels will catch you. God will send protection for you if you are the son of God. So he's challenging him, is God gonna protect you? Is, is God gonna provide for you? But also, is God gonna protect you? Is God going to look after you? If I leave my safety behind, is God gonna stay with me and keep me safe in this transition? Is He gonna keep me safe in the new season? If I let go of all of my comfort, if I let go of all of my dependency, because again, we can look at provision to be, to be something of, you know, that's gonna give me what I need, but also sometimes provision can be a protection for us. Well, if I take that money that's in the bank and I give it into something, some sort of kingdom purpose, then I won't have it there as a safety net to protect me if God doesn't actually ultimately provide. So now the provision, my self-provision, is turning into self-protection. Again, it's, it's, we think that we're actually better at looking after ourselves than God is. It's a crazy thought. The God of the universe, the creator of the universe I'm not too sure that he's gonna do a good a job at looking after me as what I am. Yet it's very clear, God will provide for us. God will protect us. He is our protector, he is our provider. And yet we've got to allow God to show himself in that place. But it doesn't mean we put him to the test. It doesn't mean we then go and start doing silly things. We still operate in wisdom. We still operate in stewardship. We still follow the commands and the ways of God, but we know God is my protector and God will look after me. The third area that God, that we are often challenged in, that we can be tempted in, is in promise. Provision, protection, and promise. Verse eight, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I'll give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. 
Do you think Jesus knew the destiny over his life? Do you think Jesus knew that the destiny, the calling of God, the plan and purpose for him personally is that all the kingdoms of the world and their glory would belong to him? And yet Satan comes at this 11th hour, this threshold moment in Jesus' life and says, look, if you'll just worship me, I'll give it to you all now. And it doesn't have to be a promise because it's right here. You don't have to wait for the Father to do it because I've got it right here for you right now. The immediacy of the, of the now fulfilment was put before him rather than leaning into the promise that is to come, the one day reality. And how often we could be tempted to take what is right before us and be satisfied with that, which is always less than what God has for us. What is right before us is always less than what God has for us in the greater measure. But then we've got to trust Him. Are you going to fulfill your promises, Lord? I have an opportunity here, but I know you've prophesied greater things for me, and yet I could just take here and settle for less. Too often we settle for less in our lives. Too often we settle for less than what God has for us. And it comes into our, do we trust the Lord to fulfill His promises? Is He faithful to fulfill His promises? He said, well, maybe He's faithful for somebody else, but I'm not sure He'll be faithful for me. So what happens is though, when we turn our heart away from the promise and we put our heart on the, the immediate provision that is put before us, our worship shifts. Our heart desire shifts away from the Lord and what He is going to do and shifts right into now what is right before me. And this is what Jesus is saying, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. I'm not gonna serve you, Satan. I'm not gonna be tempted into what looks good now, but ultimately is gonna lead to destruction in the, in the future. But I'm gonna actually trust the promises of God. I'm gonna lean into the promises of God. I'm gonna hold fast to the promises of God. And I'm gonna wait for the God's timing to fulfill those things. Man, if you want to, God's timing is so, so, so important. This last season, even of being on this property here, the timing of God has been incredibly important. People might look at it and go, why is it taking you so long? It hasn't taken us very long at all. It's taken God a long time, in my opinion. <laughs> but I figure five years out of eternity ain't a long time for God. But if we look at all of the times and the moments, the people that God has brought in, the timing of everything that's happened, I mean, even something like the vaccine mandates being lifted, like a couple of days before we open. And we've got people in this community who would love to serve. And at that moment, they were really stuck to say, I can, I can only give one day at the most volunteer of my time. Again, that's not the biggest thing in the world, but it's just you look at the timing of God. Because we were like, oh, this time and this date and this year and this moment, but God has provided everything right in that timing to bring us to this place. Incredible provision. Incredible provision, but right in the timing of God. If we had moved forward, what happens is you birth illegitimate things and they never come to fulfilment. Okay, or it's like, a, it's, like, it's like premature and then you've got to continue to kind of prop it up to give it life but it's artificial life that you're trying to give this thing rather than letting it flourish and come into fulfillment. But if you wait on God, if you wait on His timing, if you don't shortcut the process by grabbing onto what is right before you rather than trusting in the promise, you'll see fruitfulness in a far greater measure. Amen.
There is always temptation in the threshold season. God never promised that there wouldn't be temptation. God never promised that it would be easy. Okay, if it happened to Jesus, it's a good chance it can happen to you. The devil does not want you to cross over this threshold. The devil does not want you to cross over. You only become more dangerous to the kingdom of darkness every time you cross over a threshold. You only become more dangerous to the kingdom of darkness every time you step into an upgrade. Every time you go from one degree of glory to another, it's very, very dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Every time you step into the greater calling and destiny that God has for your life, because God's calling and destiny has less to do with you and everything to do with Him and His glory. Everything to do with His kingdom expanding. Everything to do with His name being known and not just then becoming on the lips, but being immersed in the hearts of all people across all nations. God's desires for the nations. God's desires that none would perish and all would come to salvation. And part of us saying yes to God, to the upgrade, is not like, oh, wow, wonderful for me. It's actually, oh, wow, wonderful for Jesus. Oh, wow, God, yes, Lord, I will not take the, the now provision. I'll, I'll await your provision, God. I will not lean into self-protection. I will trust you to protect me, God. Lord, I will not, I'm not gonna kind of grab what is here and trust in the promise for now. I'm gonna trust in the promise for the future. And it's all for Him. He gets the glory. We have everything that we need in Him. We, and we've literally given our lives over to Him. Apostle Paul, Galatians 2.20, For it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life now I, that I live now, I live, it's all for the glory of God. It's all for Him. Because He's given me everything that I need. He's given me Himself. There is no greater thing. Every time that we take communion, we remember Jesus gave Himself for me. Not just for my healing, not just for my breakthrough, not just for provision of future. He gave himself to me that, so that I could have him. It's the greatest treasure. So the devil will challenge not just the truth that we find in the scriptures, but also the prophetic promises that God has spoken over you. But who are you to fulfill those things? Who are you to be that person? I know the history that you've lived. I know the, the failure. I know the, the illegitimate times that you've tried to birth things in God and they've just fallen flat. I know the times, every time that you've disobeyed God and not been faithful to Him. And we can be tempted and the reality is, you know what, that's true. Yeah, I've been unfaithful to God. Yeah, you know, you're right. Because again, the devil will speak a truth in order to get you to come into agreement ultimately with a lie. Yeah, I have failed. Yeah, I have messed up. Yeah, I have made poor choices. Yeah, I have been passive when God wanted me to be assertive. Yes, I haven't been walked in obedience and I've been living in disobedience. Yeah, you're right. But I'm not gonna let go of him. I'm not gonna stop pursuing him because he is faithful. Every time I fall, he is faithful to be there with me to pick me up. He's never left me or forsaken me. He's never just left me in the dirt. He's been there every single time. And He will continue to be there every single time. But we need to decide which voice we're going to listen to. The voice of lies or the voice of truth. We need to be grounded in the truth of what God has spoken to us. If, if you've been given prophetic words that you just feel like, man, they are so far beyond what I could imagine happening. 
chances are they're from God. Because that's the reality. We sit here today in this room. This was far beyond what I thought God would do. Already. And it feels like we're just at the beginning. It's the same thing that Satan did right at the beginning in the garden with Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. Did God actually say dot, dot, dot? Or maybe you misheard that prophetic word, Brad, and it was actually this. Or, or maybe actually you missed it. The timing was back then. You've actually missed it. You're out of time. And so God's not going to fulfill that anymore. Did God actually say that? Are you sure? You might want to go back and listen. That's why it's really good to record your prophetic words when people speak. You'll see anytime someone's prophesying, everyone's got their phones out. It's like, it's great because you know, no, that's exactly what he said. And I can play it back every time. Is God really going to provide for you? Is God really going to take care of you? Really? Is God really going to use you for his glory? Is God really going to fulfill the promises that he spoke over you? So in times of temptation, we have a choice. And God gives us that freedom of choice. Submit to God or submit to the devil. Submit to truth or submit to lies. Submit to life or submit to death. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what's the answer to get the devil to leave you alone? Is to go head to head with him and wrestle it out? No, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, which means he's going to keep coming. Your job is resistance. Just resist. Just keep resisting. Be stubborn. Like a, like a little child. Say, I am not moving. I'm not going. I'm staying here with Jesus. There's nothing you can say that's going to move me from this spot. I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm staying here. You're, you're welcome to be a stubborn little brat to the devil. Okay? I give you permission. <laughs> Because you're saying, no, I'm going to hold on to truth. Yeah, that looks really good right now. But I don't want to eat your rock bread, Jesus. I mean, Satan. I don't want to eat your rock bread. I want true bread from Jesus. Yeah. Oh, can't eat your goose chips? Yeah. No, no. It's a... Made sense to some people. All right, so what are some simple ways that you can endure the temptation, resist the temptation season? You've got to ground yourself in the Word of God. Immerse yourself in Scripture. Now again, if you're like, I'm just, not, I'm just not a huge reader. I'm not a huge reader. Okay, so then listen to the Bible. Get it on audio book. And even if when you're driving, just any time, just have it there that you're being immersed in Scripture. Now, it's great to spend time and quiet time and get alone with God to do all of that. But if you're like, I, I, I can't find time to do that, that's a lie. But I choose not to find time to do that. Like, don't do an either or. Start somewhere. Give it two minutes and build your muscle into five minutes. Then build your muscle into 10 minutes, into 15 minutes, okay? Say, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, where do I have time? You can listen to devotional. I was chatting with um, Brett earlier in the week and, and some of their, uh, their DNA group are doing Lectio 365, okay? If you want to look it up, it's an app on your phone and it's daily devotions. It's 10 minutes audio. It's just 
quiet. There's a focus on Scripture. It's really good stuff, but it's, and it's up to date. Every single day, there's a new one that speaks on the date. It often can talk about even things that are happening around the world. Amazing stuff, but there's a start for you. So you don't even have to go, I don't know where to start. Start there. Start with something. Listen to podcasts. Listen to worship. Have worship going on in the car at home all the time, just being immersed in the truth of God. If you have a prayer language, so if you can just pray in tongues, like you might be driving the car, just, just pray in tongues. You don't even have to be thinking about it. But every time you do that, the Bible says you're edifying your spirit. You're building yourself up spiritually. Meditate on truth so you can more easily discern lies. Just, just be meditating on that. You might open your Bible and just find one verse to say, man, that stood out to me. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to sticky note it on my, the dashboard of my car or on, I have it on the home screen of my phone. Every time it comes up, I'm just going to think about that. Yeah, how does that apply to my life right now, Jesus? So the first one, ground yourself in the Word of God. Okay, listen to prophetic words that you've got on record over you. Say, hey, this is the promises of God for me. Number two, get into accountable relationships. You're not designed to do the Christian journey in isolation, okay? But also, not, you're not designed to do the journey of Christianity around all other people that are maybe making the same poor choices as you. That was me. I didn't grow up in the church, so when I became a Christian, I naturally gravitated to those who were also not very Christian like me. I wasn't supposed to be very Christian because I was brand new. They probably have had a, have had a few years on me, and they're like, they just weren't following Jesus. They called themselves Christians. So I'm saying, maybe don't. Hang around those kind of people too much. You won't find any of those here. But, you know, uh, no, whatever. Um, but, but I'm saying get into accountability. So invite that sort of relationship with people. The devil loves to isolate you. Because it's a lot easier to believe a lie when, when you're just wrestling with that yourself. As soon as you speak it out, hey, I feel like God's saying this. And someone will go, it doesn't sound like God to me. You sure? Because I sounded like God in my head. No, that's definitely not something that God would say. Let's, let's pray about that together. Let's look up Scripture together. Let's, let's kick that lie to the curb. Join a DNA group. This is the whole point of DNA groups. Discipleship, nurture, accountability. Find, just find someone else. It might be your whole, just get all the guys together in your life. I'll just find someone to say, hey, can you, I, I, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, but I, I just need some accountability to do that. And you might open up a, set up a messenger group and just say, hey, we're going to read a passage of Scripture each day or each week or just do something to say, I want to stay online. You can put there, hey, I'm really struggling in this area. Can you pray for me? All of that sort of stuff. It's creating us and keeping us in connection. Yeah, where was Jesus when he was tempted? He was isolated and alone in the wilderness. Okay, not the best place for anyone to be in, but also you're not the son of God. <laughs> so Jesus can do it. We're not designed to be to live in wilderness, to be in isolation. Number three, keep moving forward towards the calling of God upon your life. Don't stop. Just keep moving forward. Keep saying, well, this is the promise, Lord. I'm just going to keep moving forward. I'm going to take one step closer to what you have for me. Don't become stagnant. Don't pull back. Don't retreat. So while I put my a foot out and I, I, you know, I got, got knocked back a little bit, then just put your foot out again. Just trust God's in God's timing. He will bring you forward. And the fourth thing is maybe for you, you actually need to renew that covenant with God. You need to actually come back and say, you know what? I've been 
wrestling in isolation. I've been doing this kind of on my own and I've been moving away from you, Lord. Maybe a lot of this stuff you're saying, man, I'm, I don't even know about an upgrade. I'm just struggling to stay afloat in normal daily life. I'm just trying to stay connected to Jesus full stop, let alone step into the greater measure. But I wanna pray for you this morning. We wanna give an opportunity just for you to respond to the Lord in this time. Is that okay? All right. Is Andy available or someone? Yeah, awesome. Thank you, team. Awesome. I want you just, just, just position yourself in a posture of prayer. Just, we just want you to hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to convince you of anything, but just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. I want you to know God does still speak to you. God can still speak to you. Maybe you feel like you've never heard the voice of God. I just want you to say, God, I'm here. I'm listening. Would you speak to me? And what you might find is just, you just know when I might speak out a word and you'll go, that's it. That's what God's saying to me. And I'm gonna just lead you through a prayer. But I wanna read first from Joshua chapter 24. It says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods your father served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that they served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, every day we have a choice. We have a choice to serve God or we have a choice to serve ourselves. We have a choice to trust God or we have a choice to trust ourselves. The Lord wants us to trust Him. The devil wants us to trust in ourselves because He knows we will let ourselves down. God knows that He can provide everything that we need. The devil knows that we will always lack in provision when we're relying upon ourselves. And so Father, we just declare, we're not very good at being God. And I thank You, Lord, that we don't need to be God because You are God. And You're really good at being God. And You're really good at being God towards us. You are a good Father. And Lord, we don't wanna submit to the temptations of the enemy. We wanna submit to God's truth, to Your truth, Lord to Your plans, to Your desires for us. And Lord, when it comes to the covenant that You've made with us, and, and when we said, yes, we'll give our lives to You, Lord, we made a covenant, Lord. When Your Spirit came to dwell in us, Lord, you, we were knit together in covenant with You. But covenant is all about vows. It's all about promises, Lord. And we know that You are faithful 
in keeping your covenant with us. You are faithful in keeping your promise to us. But I'm wondering this morning if you will choose to be faithful to keep in covenant with the Lord. Will you commit to keep in covenant with Him? Not when you feel like it. Not when it's convenient. Not when it doesn't cost too much. But you get to choose today, this day, you get to choose whom you will serve. And I know I want my heart's response to be, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. As for me and and this temple that you dwell in, Holy Spirit, we will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. I choose you this day, Lord. I choose you this day, Jesus. I choose you this day that you will be my God and I will be your son, your daughter, your child. I choose to trust that you will provide for me. I choose to trust that you will protect me. I choose to trust that you will be faithful to fulfill your promises over me. So I want to invite you, if you want to come forward this morning just to receive this prayer, why don't you come forward and fill up this front space? I just want to renew that covenant. And spiritually, it's not happening, but you're coming back into alignment. You're coming back into the place that you know God has for you. Or maybe you want to come forward because even as you're hearing what I'm, what I'm saying, you're like, I'm not sure if I've ever actually come into covenant with the Lord. Before. I'm not sure if I've ever actually really chosen in my heart to say, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. I want to trade my life for your life, Jesus. Why don't you come forward and we'll pray. Even the act of coming forward is an act of trust. God, I'm I'm not going to stay in my seat when I know you're calling me forward. I'm not going to stay this side of the threshold when I know you're calling me to cross over. pray with me if you're not coming forward and again if you feel like I just I know it's for me I don't want to come forward this still blesses you this is still for you but if you're if you're not feeling like this this prayer times for you can you just join in me praying for those who are who are wanting to receive wanting to step in so just pray father I repent for breaking covenant with you I repent for 
giving in to temptation. I repent for any way I've been unfaithful to you. I repent for believing the lies of the enemy over your truth. I repent for choosing my way over your way. Holy Spirit, I just pray you'll just stir up in people's hearts right now. Any other ways, Lord, any other things they just want to bring before you. It might just be a word that you just feel come up and you just want to speak that and say, God, I'm sorry for that. God, forgive me for this. Forgive me for holding on to things. Forgive me, Lord, even where I feel like I've chosen the stony bread rather than chosen to hold on to your word of truth that is spoken from your mouth over me. Sorry, Lord, where I've chosen to self-protect, to keep myself safe and hidden by my own power and strength. Rather than trusting, Lord, as I step out, you will be my rear guard. You will go before me and you'll make my path straight. That is your promise. That is your promise, Lord that you will never leave me, you'll never forsake me, Lord. So as I go, you go with me. I'm never alone as I go. And Father, I'm sorry for where I've taken your promises, Lord, and I've put them on the shelf. So I'll I'll look at them another day. Or I'll leave them almost like trophies of things that you've spoken in the past, but I missed that moment, Lord. I've missed my calling. I've missed my timing. You're not at, I've just turned 40 years of age and I've just chosen to start playing AFL football, which may seem silly to some people, but I just felt like it's what I wanted to do. And But as I'm, as I'm engaging in this team and I'm stepping in, I'm like, you know, I'm not as fit as I could be. It's probably not the right timing. I'm not 21 years old. And yet I trust that God will sustain me and there will be sustenance in this journey moving forward that it doesn't matter how many times you've missed it, God still makes an opportunity for you to step into what He has called you to. Well, God, I've made this career path and I've been laying this down for years and now You want me to go sideways. I feel like my time is gone. I've got all these responsibilities, Lord. God's like you haven't missed it. It's my timing, not your timing. So Father, we choose You this day. We ask for Your grace, Lord, to choose You again tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. That every day we will choose, I am, this day I will serve the Lord. Father, we ask that You would send Your angels to minister to us, Lord. As You did for Jesus in the wilderness, we thank You for Your angelic ministers, Lord. Father, we ask that You would help us to walk in faithfulness to You. Father, we ask that You reconnect and rekindle our intimacy with You that we would know the presence of Your Holy Spirit. Your presence in us, Your presence amongst us, Lord. And that we would give Your presence, Your voice, Your desires, 
the place of highest prominence in our life. And we thank You, Lord, for Your unending mercy and grace towards us. Thank You, Lord. And Father, I just pray for anyone here this morning who maybe they've never made that commitment. Why don't you just pray, Jesus, today I choose You. Jesus, today I choose to give my life to You. I choose to serve You today and every day for the rest of my life. And I ask that You would come and fill me with Your Holy Spirit. As the Bible promises, You will make Your home in me, that You will be my God and I will be long to You. I receive Your salvation. I receive Your Holy Spirit. And I commit my life to following You today. Today is also when we remember Pentecost Sunday, that season after the resurrection of Christ where the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church. I'm just wondering if you need a fresh filling of Holy Spirit this morning. Why don't you come forward? We're just gonna lay hands on you. I'm just gonna pray for a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a fresh touch. Maybe you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a very biblical thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing, it's a Pentecost thing. It's not a charismatic thing, it's a Pentecost thing. It's a very biblical thing to be baptised. It just means to be fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. I love Nicky Gumbel talks about it like a, it's like a, when you become a Christian, God lights the pilot light, like in a gas heater. When you get baptised in the Spirit, it's like the water's been turned on and that flame comes roaring through. So if you're wanting, again, just to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, just a fresh feeling while you come forward and our ministry team's just gonna move around and pray for you, pray for those who are up here now. And again, if you're not wanting prayer, can I just please ask you just to enter in and just be, just stretch out your hand, just be blessing people, just pray for encounter in this presence of God.
Hey.